Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Jen Campmeyer started Vino Mobile Bar, the first independent wine truck in the USA. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Jen, it is so good to see you. How in the heck have you been? Mel, face-to-face sitting with you, it's just, I'm in love right now. I'm just (laughs) thoroughly enjoying this. It has been way too long, my friend. Yes. It has. It has. I feel like we're we're starting to get get to our new normal, whatever mm-hmm. that's going to be. And it's mm-hmm. very exciting. And I'm like chomping at the bit. Oh, yeah. We are, too. I mean, let alone the season's kicking off and events are taking place and people are doing stuff and planning stuff. And so it's really exciting on our part, too. So for people who aren't familiar with Vino Mobile Bar, tell us what it is. And then we'll dig into how it got started a little later. But go ahead. Yeah. Vino Mobile Bar started in 2016. Um, I like to drink wine. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a business opportunity with this because other people like to drink wine. And I originally thought I was going to do a margarita truck. Well, here in Indiana, that's never going to happen with the blue laws that we have. So I did research. It took me about six months and found found an old school bus and went and bought it and brought it home and literally told my husband, hey, by the way, we're going to start another business. He's like, oh, what are we doing? I'm like, we're going to convert this into a wine truck. And he kind of sat there and said, okay. And it, it, it didn't phase him at all because this is what I do. And so we literally created and converted the wine truck to roll into neighborhoods, events and whatnot. It's just like a food truck, but I feel a little bit better because we have wine, wine-based cocktails and beer on it. What was the response when you told people you were creating a wine truck? They're like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about that idea for so long. I wanted to do this. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sure, but here we are. (laughs) So yeah, we just, it was one of those things where I'm like, it's either going to work or it's not. I mean, there was no gray in between and, Mm -hmm. and and it's worked. So you mentioned that your husband was like, oh, what are we starting now? Which implies there are some other businesses in your past. What other things have you created? Yeah, I started my first company when I was seven. Um, I had a friend who her dad had a gumball route. Remember back in the day where you put the quarter in or the nickel in and turn the little crank and out pops a trinket or a gumball. And I've always been fascinated with businesses because my parents are entrepreneurs. They've always had their own business of one, you know, occupation or another. And so I went to my dad and said, I'm interested in buying this business. And he said, okay, go talk to the banker. So I went down to Kent Bank, which is in Kent, Illinois, which is a, a whopping 400 people and sat across from the banker and took out a loan. And I still have that loan paperwork to this day. When you were seven? When I was seven, yes. Okay. Is that what you wanted to be when you grew up? No. Or did you have different aspirations? I did. This is You're going to fall out of your chair, okay? I wanted to be a warden of a prison. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Growing up, I wanted to be a warden of a prison. Okay. <laughs> you didn't expect that one, did you? What happened to you? <laughs> I wanted to get in there. Well, psychology is my background. I've always liked psychology. So it's either going to be child psychology, but I like studying the mind and feeling that there's prisoners in there and they're in there for a reason. And I'm a helper. I'm sometimes an enabler and figuring this all out, but get them reformed and get them back out and be hard on them because they're in there for a reason. They need to learn a life lesson. And you were how old when you wanted to be this? (laughs) Seven and eight. (laughs) 
Okay, so yes. what changed? <laughs> well, and then I realized mm, they don't really make that much money, and there's a lot of stuff that it's a lot of bureaucracy that you mm-hmm. have to go through with that, and I didn't want to get through that. So then I just kept on moving down the road, and then I created another business. There was an old, I'm going to date myself, uh, VHS and beta tapes. Do you remember those by yeah. chance? An old video store was going out of business. My dad already had a building, so I bought all of the tapes and moved the video store to my dad's building and ran that after school. And on weekends. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just trickled in college. I did um, resume writing for people, helped him get jobs, um, helped my dad with his business. Then I went into the largest baby and toddler expo show in the 2008, which yeah, you were a part of. Yeah, that's how we met. That's yeah. how we met, absolutely. Did that for a while and then sold that. And then I did Ladies Evening Out for a while. Um, did a small business that didn't work out, which is okay, purplepale.tv, which is okay, and purplepale.com. What was that? Um, that was, it was, it was too soon. It was, we were, we were cutting edge, but we were too soon. So basically we were offering, uh, video segments for parents with Ah. experts coming in, but Mm -hmm. this was back in 2011 and 12. So it was, it was when Facebook was just coming out and getting there and we had already cut a platform and then we did purplepale.tv, much like what you're doing with Mm -hmm. your Indiana originals and your, um, your gift company. Mm -hmm. We reached out to companies. That's when Zulily was out there too. So they we had a little bit of competition with, you know, trying to get local businesses out there and whatever. But it was too soon, which is fine. And then um, went into the wine business here with Vino Mobile Bar. It's incredible. Incredible. And this one is stuck. This one is stuck, yeah. Gosh, it's going it'll be five years this May. Whew. What motivates you to keep doing it? Um it's it's the sincerity of people walking up to the wine truck going oh my gosh this is so great I just need a glass of wine or you're this is what I needed in my day and just seeing their face of excitement and joy because not too many irritated people walk up to the wine truck (laughs) (laughs) or if they were irritated they start smiling and Mm -hmm. it's just a happy joyful occasion I like to equivocate it to when you get that blue Tiffany box when you open it up you just smile it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity type of thing and it's just fantastic to see people. And then the repeat customers and the repeat events that we have. And it's our like our own little cute little following. I love it. I love it. Coming up, the challenges and successes Jenna's had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local, independent restaurants. 
Because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods. We're local. This is our home, too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Jen Campmeyer of Vino Mobile Bar, the first independent wine truck in the USA, by the way. Jen, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner just in general? Yeah, I think you're, you have this vision, this dream, and then you're like, I know what I want to do, but there's so many pieces that you have to go through to get there, and it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in order to do it, and if you've got the grit to stay the path to get it done. I think that's truly is because we can live vicariously through our dreams, but really making it come true and, and putting the rubber to the pavement, that's where the truth comes. What's been the biggest challenge with the wine truck? Oh, goodness. Uh, lots of challenges. <laughs> you can just, you know, pick uh. one or two or five. <laughs> well, we have time. Just talking about the wine truck in general, nothing is symmetrical on it. So trying to get stuff to fit on the wine truck. And then you have to literally uh, drill everything into the wine truck because you are mobile. And, well, we do have those amazing roundabouts here in our uh, city. So everything does fly around. I think the other way is understanding the, the ATC laws, city permits, and whatnot. What is ATC for people who uh, the are alcohol, with that? Yep, the Alcohol Tobacco um, Commission. So they are the uh, eyes and ears of any type of liquor that's going on here, whether it's a two-way liquor, three-way liquor, beer and wine, whatever it is. So you have to get permission from them, too. To, to go to events. Um, so there comes a time when, let's say, somebody reaches out and said, hey, I want to have an event, X, Y, Z. There's a lot of homework that goes into it. You know, how many people? Where's it at? What county? Do I have to have a permit for that city? Do I have to have a special permit for that county? What about that location? Do I have to get certain sign-off for that? So there's a lot of homework that goes into it. You just don't roll up in the wine truck, open up the window, and start pouring. you got to make sure that you're permitted the correct way for each one of the events. Well, I think that's a big misconception, too, that people have is, you know, even a food truck, there's a lot mm-hmm. you have to go through for a food truck. I remember when we started hosting events, you know, I had to work with the health department. I had to give them an entire list of who was going to be there. And boom, 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 they could just go through and be like, approved, approved, approved. Nope, that person's kitchen burned down. I don't know where they're cooking right now. Exactly. There's so much that goes on in the background. It is. Yeah, and that's where you can, that's where the details happen. And if you don't spend the time, so yeah, hypothetically, you know, I roll it for a three-hour event, but into that three-hour event, I've spent two hours loading and cleaning the wine truck. I've spent probably two hours tracking down permits, you know, admin work type of stuff. Then I've spent, you know, probably an hour talking to the client on and off and making sure that everything is set up the right way. So it, it is a it is a love affair that I have, a love-hate relationship some days, but <laughs> <laughs> with the wine truck. I mean, truly, I mean, you just can't like, like I said, roll down the street and just decide you're going to sell wine. It just can't happen. Yeah. What's the most rewarding part about owning Vino Mobile Bar? Um, I think just being the first person to do it. I really true. I, you know, there, there are other people now. Obviously, it's been four years in other states that are doing it. I consistently, on a weekly basis, will get two to three people from other states saying, hey, Jen, do you mind sharing information or this or that? And that's a whole other side business gig consulting that I've started for that, too. Um, it, it, it's the affordability to be able to roll out and share celebration with people. I mean, literally, we bring the librations to your celebrations. That's truly what we do, and it's it's a unique way, whether it's a wedding. We just got done doing a wedding um, up at a barn this past weekend, or it's, you know, getting ready to roll out. We're going to be in, a, you know, several different concerts and street events coming up. You know, in the month of May, we have 18 events booked. I mean, 
people are doing stuff. It's great. We have about 75 events already on the calendar booked for this year. Well, are you expected to be a wine expert as well now? Um, you know, I dabble. I'm not the person that, I mean, I can get through probably, you know, 30 different types of wines, but if someone comes up and they're going to ask something, I'm going to go, you know, I'm not really quite for sure about that. But for the most part, we carry four different types of wines. We carry your Moscato because we are a sweet state here. We are. Mm-hmm. Um, then we carry the buttery Chardonnay, the Pinot Noir, and the Cabernet. So we've got your staples, and then it's typically two domestic or craft beer and a domestic that we have as well. And what did you bring today? I brought a Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. I brought a Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. And then I brought this fun thing that I saw. It's called Usual. We don't serve this, but I was like, hey, Mel, let's give this a chance. <laughs> so it's, it's a rosé. But um, the cool thing about a couple things that we started to do in 2017 was the wine cans. The wine cans really took off. Then they kind of died down a little bit, but now they're back. And then now, Mel, we make wine-based cocktails. Ooh. So we're doing our sip and shop coming up here in the month of May, and there's a wine-based margarita. Yum. Uh, yum Which is, is originally right. what you wanted to start, right? Exactly. A margarita truck. It's coming full circle. Mm-hmm. So so there's so many different businesses out there. There's so many different, you know, distilleries that are making wine-based type of stuff that we're just going to tap into it and run with it. What would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Oh, goodness. Do your research. Seriously, you've got to do your research. I can remember having somebody come and say, hey, I think my business name is going to be XYZ. Cool. Within three minutes, I looked it up. The The name was inundated on Facebook. It already had a lawsuit in another state. So you want to make sure that starting from your business, get an attorney, do the correct paperwork, make sure you have your correct, you know, LLC or S corporation, get trademarked, get registered. Um, and then from there, after you've got your paperwork, so to speak, done, then move forward with that because that is a huge hurdle that some people can't even commit to getting that done or where to go with it. So reach out to people who have done it, who are experts, and again, find a good legal person that can you know help guide you through that process. I want to ask your advice specifically on this one because you've had, what, 13 different businesses 13, now? 13, yeah. What advice would you give to someone about letting a business go? Oh, yeah. Um, You mean selling it or just it's not working anymore? Like it is time to like fold up the doors and go? Both. Yeah. Both. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. struggle with that. Yep. So let's tackle the first one, selling it. So I always have the premise that if I start a business, the day I open is the day it's for sale. You okay. can come in and cash off for me, and if I like it, I'll take it. If not, and that's what I did with the Baby Expo. I ran it for three years. It went from baby to infant stage, gave it a few legs, and then I was done with it because my personality is I let I create it, I have the vision, and then I want somebody else to take it over and let it grow. And talk about that expo, though. Talk about what you started with, what it became. Give our listeners who yeah. aren't familiar with it a little bit of. You know, it, I mean, it grew it like, did. like a little baby. It did. It did. So I was actually working corporate America at the time. And then I, I wanted to create a baby show here because it just didn't exist here. Right, so we had wedding shows. We had, wedding we show. had Every, home shows. Exactly. Yeah. Craft shows, everything. So I started the first maternity baby toddler expo in the ag building with 80 vendors. Um, April... To 2008. Yes. It was the 21st and 22nd or something mm-hmm. like that. And then literally at the end of the event, I had vendors going, when are we doing the next one? So then I went ahead and did it that following October. Then we did one more the following April. And then that's when I grew it. In 15 months, I grew it to five states. So we went from 80 vendors to close to 5,000 vendors total from state to state with about 60,000 consumers that came through. So we were in Des Moines, Chicago, Austin, Denver, and here in Indy. And then I was done. 
I, wow. I grew it and I was exhausted. And at the time I had a two-year-old when I started and I ended with a five-year-old and it was time for me to go back and be a mom is what I needed to do. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. Met so many. To this day, I still see people that have launched their product at my shows that are in Walmart, mm-hmm. that are in all these different, you know, great box stores. And it, it's it's a great story to share. Um, and I was, I was happy to be a part of their story as well, too. But yeah, so that's in selling it. So then I decided to sell it. I went through a broker. I went through the right channels, sold it, and, and it went off on its own. But closing up a business is a different type of conversation you have to have with yourself. You have to get real. You have to say, okay, why, especially if you keep money dumping back into it, why are you doing this? What's not working? Set that money aside. Don't figure it out. If you can figure it out without putting more money back into it, do you need to change something? Do you need to outsource something? Do you need to partner with somebody? Or is it truly not what the economy in society needs right now? And you, It's a hard conversation to have. That's what I had to do with Purple Pale and PurplePale.tv. It wasn't the right time. We were just too soon. So we just buttoned it up and set it back on the shelf. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you've got to be able to have that conversation. And it's okay to talk to other mentors, talk to other people, figure it out, because you're, you can only headspace talk for so long. And then you're like, okay, now to what I do. But make sure whatever your decision is, if you do decide to fold, get that next plan and keep moving down that path. I want to go back to the Baby Expo real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is no longer in existence. Correct. So you created this entity. Mm-hmm. You sold it, mm-hmm. and then it didn't succeed. It did not succeed in the way that you had envisioned right. it. Right. What are the emotions from the human side of yeah. that that you go through? Yeah, seeing that because Indian Originals is you. I I joke. I have a six year old, and I have yeah. Indian Originals. Yeah. Um. What do you, What does that do to you? Well, as you can see me right now, I'm flushed when you ask that question because I, it still gets to me. It does. It took me about a year. It took me about a year to really understand that it wasn't me. Um, I, I gave it over to the people and I let them, I gave them a vision. I allowed them to grow it how they needed to. I, I highly suggested that they kept everything the way they did for a year just to watch it, just to see and then make some changes. But their vision was different than mine. They wanted to go full tilt and do a lot of different things, which at the end of the day was more operational cost than what I had put into it. So it came down, I think, to cash flow and it came down to how they were running the business. Um, I'm, a, I'm a people person. I, I'm a fake extrovert, if anybody <laughs> doesn't know that. I'm a total introvert. But it's all about how you talk to your vendors. It's about the relationship that you build with them in, in that communication. And at the end of the day, a lot of things had changed. So people just walked away. What do you tell yourself? Because I can tell it still bothers you. (laughs) What would you do differently the next time you sell a business? You know, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, We vetted them out. They came. They had a passion for it. I don't think there's anything I could have done differently. I think it's just the way that the dice were rolled at the end of the day. Um... It wasn't like I was truly like hardcore pressed to sell. I just thought that they were a really good fit for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you can never predict the future. Nope. Doesn't matter if it's your personal life, your nope. business life. You just you can't predict the future. You still put one foot in front of the other, yep. and you build a community around you. Yep. To support what you're doing and help you grow, 
And I want to ask you about the community part now. Mm-hmm. Why does supporting local and being known as an Indian original matter to you? Oh, my goodness gracious. We have to be there for our brothers and sisters going through. I mean, especially with 2020 with the pandemic. I mean, I have always grown. I grew up in a small town. You know, you live in a small town mm-hmm. right now. I grew up in a small town. So you went down the road and was called the rabbit farmer. And the rabbit farmer had cinnamon rolls that we got every Saturday morning. And then we went over to the farmer's market. I mean, that's I grew up small town USA gal. Um, yeah, I go to the box stores when I need to. But nine times out of ten, I'm going to find what I need through a small business owner. Because by buying their one, two, three item, I'm supporting their family. I'm paying a light bill. I'm helping a little girl do a dance class. I'm doing whatever I need to do to keep that money there. And you and I both have have talked about the stats with this. When you support a local person, more money stays in the community Mm -hmm. than it does going outside of the community too. And that's what we really need to focus in on. Well, and I think we saw that in mm-hmm. 2020. Absolutely. Right? You have over 4 million people out of a job, but the big box stores were still open. Yes. And it's because those small mom and pops, our local businesses, mm-hmm. were greatly affected mm-hmm. by what was going on. And so we definitely have to stick together. And, you know, part of the way that Indian Originals helps these businesses is by promoting them. Absolutely. And helping people find your business. And Jen, besides IndianOriginals.com and our app, how can our listeners learn more about you and Sh- support you? Really simple. It's the name of the business, Vino Mobile bar that's for our hashtags that is for our twitter instagram where are we at facebook <laughs> anywhere Snapchat, you can be anywhere website yeah vinomobilebar.com jen campmeyer thank you so much for being our guest today on local matters and thank you for doing your part to create healthier stronger communities and more jobs in indiana absolutely thank you mel and thank you for listening to local matters made possible by indiana originals indiana.gifts and mcfarling foods It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why local matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.